From the Jeff Nyquist Studios on California's North Coast and our flagship broadcast facilities at WIBG 1020, Atlantic City Suburban Philadelphia's number one news talk station, you're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. Now with today's program, here's Jeff. Welcome to the show. Tonight we're going to have a very special guest, uh, someone I've wanted to have on this program from the very beginning. Andrei Navrazov, he's uh, Russian-born, grew up in the former Soviet Union, uh, came to this country uh, as a high school student, finished his secondary education, and went to Yale, where he learned all about the American elite. He learned about the Russian elite growing up in the Soviet Union. He learned about the American elite here. And in his book, The Gingerbread Race, he relates an episode that I can never forget. It's totally unforgettable. He was with a young American preppy, someone who was going to probably have a seat on the stock exchange one day, and this uh, fellow bragged to him that America, in America, we have something called the pursuit of happiness. And Andre responded to him, in the Soviet Union, we have something called the atomic bomb. And uh, this kind of uh, distinguishes the Soviet elite from the American elite in the way of thinking of uh, their elite and our elite. And um, Andre is a very... Uh, special person because he's thoughtful. He thinks new thoughts. He's not afraid to think new thoughts. And I want you to listen very carefully to him because he's formulating thoughts and you'll you'll hear him stuttering around a bit. But if you concentrate on what he's saying, you'll find original thoughts, important thoughts that are worth your attention. We'll be back with my guest, Andrei Navrazov, after these messages. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. Thanks for making WIBG 1020 your first choice for the good news and the local news. The overwhelming response from throughout all of Atlantic City, Cape May, and suburban Philadelphia to our exciting lineup of programs begins with Harry Hurley and Hurley in the Mornings from 7 to 11. Then at 12 noon, it's your chance to call in and talk with Jay Sekulow live. That's right. Jay moves to his new time at 12 noon. It's your chance to talk live with Jay. Then at 1 p.m., it's New Life Live with Steve Arterburn and the gang, as always, your questions are answered live right here on WIBG 1020. And at 2 p.m., join Dr. Charles Stanley for his new time slot right here at WIBG for In Touch. We're so thankful for the overwhelming response to WIBG 1020. And we thank you. And we encourage you to please sponsor and support the advertisers and programs you hear on Atlantic City, Cape May's number one home for Christian news talk and local two-way talk. WIBG 1020 AM. Now, once again, here's your host of the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. I'm Jeff Nyquist. Uh, this is the Jeff Nyquist Program, and with me today is my special guest, Andrei Navrazov. He is uh, the author of The Gingerbread Race. He's uh, written for Chronicles Magazine, um, many publications in the UK. Uh, he's an essayist, columnist, a political refugee from Russia, and a cultural refugee from America. Welcome to the program, Andre. Uh, thank you, Jeff. You've written some things in the past, pretty interesting things. I, re I recall an uh, essay you wrote uh, many years ago before the fall of the Soviet Union called The Coming Order, in which you... Uh, yes, that, that was about 15 years ago. Yes, and you predicted sort of that the, you, you kind of got it spot on that the great threat of totalitarianism was within the KGB, 
that it had been behind many of the manipulations of the pre-Gorbachev and Gorbachev era, and that it would emerge uh, on top. And now we see this KGB regime in Moscow. And sure enough, it's very much the way you described and anticipated 15 years ago. Yes. Well, you know, it's it's um, even as you as you say these things, you know, I, I don't really feel that it's anything to be proud of really on my part except except um you know uh, for having had the 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 min- minimal drive and min- minimal curiosity and minimal um ability to see and analyze things for myself and and you know i think i think i should begin by saying that 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 this is really what we must appeal to your listeners to to do which is to which is to Try to get away from what you know Orwell could call mass think, um, and um, from tinned, manufactured um, history, and mm-hmm. and and try to try to make make your brain into into your own little private laboratory, private study, private uh, private space where where where. Um, events of history can be can be um, analyzed and 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 where where every person can 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 make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if there is that minimal will, um, I think I think that I think that any anybody, you know, will will see uh, with much much greater accuracy mm-hmm. um, what is actually going on in Russia and the rest of the world than 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 by reading um, the New York Times or or. Um, you know, or sort of the, the, the mass media generally. I get the feeling that uh, in America, that I myself and many of my fellow Americans, we're, we're victims of a kind of groupthink. Yes. And, and uh, we don't see things because our culture leads us away from seeing and provides a context, perhaps in many instances a false context, for understanding the facts that come our way. Yes, yes. Well, that... that, that that is that is absolutely correct, and you know it can be called groupthink, but it also it also leads to the emergence of a kind of that culture. You know, using 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 uh, the term you know we used in Russia for um, uh, sort of manuscripts and books circulated privately um, and and um, kind of um, under the cover of night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where 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 people um, where people sort of uh, find 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 um, bits of information and sort of pass them on and 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 so on, which is something. But on the other hand, it it is a very sorry state for Western society to find itself in, uh, mm-hmm. where 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 um, you know the the, uh, the 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 channels of information, the major channels of information, are so. Um, um, hopelessly um, calcified, mm. you know, not, not only one-sided, but also so calcified that they absolutely cannot um, give space to to um, uh, to thinkers and writers and historians who who somehow stand out of the of the of the of this uh, um, sort of uh, approved mass that that they themselves um, have approved, as it were, and and and. Uh, you know, uh, many names, as we know, are are um, almost apocryphal. Um, many names are, are 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 completely lost. As 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 in my childhood, many of the names belonging to um, to, to to the great age of Russian culture were effectively lost. 
and and are only now beginning beginning to emerge. You know, people like uh, like Galitsyn, who you know well, and um, uh, people people like Anthony Sutton, um, you know, who wrote who wrote a great um, historical study of the transfer of um, of technology and resources, for example, from um, um, from 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 the West to both totalitarian Germany and uh, totalitarian Soviet Union. Mm. People, people like that. Um, the, the latest example is uh, is Viktor Suvorov, who mm. is uh, um, a revolutionary historian who who has overturned completely the uh, conventional view of of of, of the reasons um, for World War II and the way in which uh, that war actually was prosecuted. Now that's fascinating. That that is fascinating. I, and you're talking about Viktor Suvorov's book Icebreaker, aren't you? Yes, correct. Correct, which is which is which is a three volume work. Um um only the first volume of which was published in um English, in English translation. Mm. Uh, when it was published in Russia, um by the way, it sold 5 million copies, uh of which of which Suvorov himself didn't didn't get a sort of a cent off. Wow. Um, and um, you know the, these these things are, are 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 sort of are with us, but we just have to be reasonably curious and you know have a minimal amount of time and energy to to look for them and 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 to to evaluate them. So let's talk for a second about now. Viktor Suvorov is the pen name of Vladimir Rezin. Uh, yes, and he was a GRU captain, I believe, who defected to England in the late 1970s. Right, I think the early 80s, yes. Early 80s. Um, and he wrote a number of, I, I'm a great fan of his books, and you've told me before that his uh, books written in Russian are even greater literature than in English, and I, could, I recognized a literary quality to this man's writings when I first read his first uh, book about his uh, life in the Soviet Army. Um, yes, yes. And maybe you could tell us a little more about Suvorov's background. Uh, well, uh, Jeff, you know, you, I, I have to say that that if you if you remember um, Ezra Pound's definition of of literature as um, as as news that stays news, mm -hmm. um, the the thing that the thing that 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 um, um, American literary critics, you know, like those of the New Yorker and the New York Times, have no uh, imagination to sort of to accommodate. In their heads is is that um, is that is that basically a, a work of literature has to carry news. It has to be it has to be um, you know a a desperate message of of some sort a, me a message of relevance which you know a marathon runner breathless you know falls on your doorstep and 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 and, and hands you. Um, uh, but, but that that's what makes uh Suworf's books uh, um, uh so um, amazing from the literary point of view because 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 they contain news they contain news that nobody has ever received before mm -hmm. and 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 um things like the the niceties of style and the 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 you know the, the uh, sort of the cadence and so forth and so forth you know all all these things fall away before the, the 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 amazing and 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 fresh um, message or content or however you want to put it, mm. you see. Yes. But but you know I I I'm, I'm changing the subject slightly. I just I just wanted to 
to say to say a few words about about in general you know what 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 has happened in 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 russia in the last in the last uh 20 30 or 50 years and um i'm just you know i it, it's it's almost it's almost like a like a bet with myself that that i think i can make myself understood you know within the scope of this of this brief radio interview <laughs> And, well, we've um, got a, we've got an, a whole hour, so uh, <laughs> definitely take your time. There's no uh, there's no rush, and we can we can do another show too if we don't get through it all, and I'm sure we won't. <laughs> all right, all right, Jeff. But but the fascinating thing about 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 these developments is that you know many many uh, Western observers um, today, th- those who are um, vaguely suspicious with 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 respect to 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 Putin's um, uh, regime. And and those who are supportive of it, and those who are enthusiastic about it, all of them, um, basically um, have a certain amount of faith in what they call the evolution of the elite. That yes, these everybody admits that these were KGB people who who in one way or another have come to power. Uh, now the world is basically saying, well, let's give it time and see. Uh, where they go from here, how they evolve, how they, how they, uh, you know, they, they will buy their Rolex watches and they will buy their, their cars and boats and so on and so on. You know, maybe all of this will, will, will sort of distract them in a way from, from, from their relentless pursuit of power and, uh, make them, well, sort of like Western businessmen more or less. You see, mm-hmm. this, this, this is, this is the basic thrust, you know, where, whether you look, you know, to, to, to modern historians working on the subject, or you look simply in 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 the Wall Street Journal or or the New York Times, you you find this note being sounded all over over and over again. Now uh, you see the, what 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 these people don't understand is that is that this um, elite, as as it stands today, is already the product of about 50 years of evolution and development. This, this elite came into its own after Stalin's death, because as we know, Stalin um, liked to execute the heads of uh, the secret police and everybody else, like sort of on the improvised list, uh, about every, every few years or so. This was called a purge, and he liked purging his apparatus, the way a gardener uh, prunes his his garden. Mm-hmm. Now uh, he understood very well that that of course it is the secret police apparatus that poses the real threat to his um, um, autarkic uh, rule. Um, he, uh, you know he was a, he was a one man band. He was the dictator, and the only the only thing potentially stronger than him was the police apparatus that. Allegedly, um, you know, uh, was defending him. So, so he looked with particular attention at that apparatus and and never allowed it to get out of hand, as it were. Now, in 1953, Stalin died, and uh, there was no single authority, the authority of a tyrant, uh, um, great enough to um, uh, to get this apparatus under control. So the apparatus began growing in its own way. In other words, it began to 
this is the only way I can put it. It began creating its own culture. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, apart from, I mean, apart from, from a milieu or, 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 or a certain, um, um, group of people. I, you know, what do I mean? Do I mean a conspiracy? No, it, it, it is nothing like that. It is, it is, it is a culture in the sense that, let's say, all the brain surgeons of the world, or all, even, let's say, all the doctors in the world, are working on similar problems and are coming up more or less together um, with certain solutions. This is what I mean by a culture. This, this was a culture, just as, just as medicine as a whole, as a profession, is devoted to prolonging the life of, of people. So this particular culture had its own aim, which, was, which can be called uh, global power maximization. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now, you see, the question is, where did that culture go? Surely it hasn't disappeared. You see, because it, 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 was, it was a collaborative effort of hundreds of thousands and millions of people. It had at its disposal all the um, innovative um, research institutes. Um, it was the first um, culture to, in Russia to absorb the lessons of um, advertising, of, uh, of polling, of public relations. Of, of sociology, of psychology, uh, all of these, all of these, all of these things had uh, not one but several competing um, institutes within the Academy of Sciences, within the within the universities, uh, beyond them, and so forth and so forth. You know that 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 were under KGB control. These people set the goal of, 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 of power maximization not in the mid-20th century, but in the mid-21st century. Now, this, I submit, is the culture from which the present rulers of Russia come. And they are um, very serious about, 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 about applying the same, the same goals that, 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 that had been set by their um, sort of predecessors in interest and and by themselves. Mm. As I'm saying, it is like it is like a profession, so to speak, like medicine or or anything else. Yeah. Now wow. here, ju- just just one other sort of branching out here, uh, because here I, in fact, I may be interrupted, and, and somebody may may ask me, well, but what about the Communist Party? Where, where did that go? Uh, that apparently has gone without a trace. So why? Why are you, Andre, saying that 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 the KGB culture is is extant and 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 uh, doing very well? Thank you. Well, to this to this, the answer is that 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 you see, um, Stalin had. Um, well, I will answer it this way. Um, whether whether, for example, a uh, multinational corporation is is selling uh, petroleum. Or medicine is not something that affects the, uh, the, the the corporate culture within. In other words, the the, the two cultures of a, of, a, of an oil company and of a pharmaceuticals company, uh, the corporate cultures are very are very similar to each other. They 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 have similarly headed documents. They have memos. They they take decisions and so forth and so forth. Now, in the same way, you see. Um, Stalin's, Stalin's 
um, apparatus um, had chains of executive command involving uh, hundreds of thousands and, and millions of people. But it functioned um, as this corporation. It had nothing to do with the ideological shell called the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. It, so, so, that, so when, when that shell was broken deliberately by the KGB apparatus that had come to power um, in the 70s and 80s, there was nothing left. There was nothing left. The, the whole thing really did fall apart. You see, in other words, in other words, the 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 so-called Communist Party machine really was smashed to pieces, and there's there's nothing left of it. By contrast, the 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 KGB um, apparatus and the culture it has um, it has launched um, is very much with us. That's that's an interesting thesis, and uh, with me is Andrei Navrazov. He's a political refugee from Russia, a cultural refugee from America. We're talking to him uh, on an overseas line. He's in Europe, and uh, we'll be back with the Jeff Nyquist program after these messages. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. Thanks for making WIBG 1020 a part of your life. We're Live Radio 1020, WIBG. Where more people every day hear the truth. From Hurley in the Morning to The Wondrous Story with Dave Bailey, Jay Sekulow live in the American Center for Law and Justice, and Josh Henning Afternoons. South Jersey's cutting edge Christian news talk and your station for Wibbage Oldies every weekend. WIBG 1020 and WIBG.com, plugging you into life. Now, once again, here's your host of the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. We're back with my guest, Andrei Navrazov. We are talking about how the KGB culture emerged to dominate and take over the Communist Party system in the former Soviet Union. And uh, interesting thesis, and we have all kinds of evidence. Uh, you presented it in your essay 15 years ago about how Andropov's KGB emerged to uh, this dominant position of, of uh, sort of a, a mafia behind the Communist Party mafia. And uh, now we see uh, how uh, the little Andropov of Vladimir Putin has taken charge of uh, Russia. And uh, perhaps... Um, we could talk a little bit more about how this culture, why this culture of of KGB in Russia, secret police in Russia, and perhaps uh, other outlying republics and areas, uh, why does it continue to pursue an anti-American policy? And what is its relationship with the Muslim world? Uh, very interesting questions. And, um, you know, I just want to say that then, um, when, you, when you mentioned... Um, uh, before uh, these words like mafia, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I, I, I don't, I don't want our listeners to get the wrong impression that that we are, in some sense, talking about conspiracies. You see, because because because, for example, a new discovery in medicine is not considered a conspiracy, mm-hmm. and yet it is the fruit of concerted efforts. Uh, of people, of people uh, working together, working against each other, working with each other, work, competing and 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 doing all the myriad things that 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 go into the the mm, normal functioning of a culture. 
Um, and and so it is. What I'm saying. What I'm saying is that this, that these, that these attitudes and um, and these skills and these and these um, and these talents that the KGB have been fielding for the for the last uh, 50 years, the product of their culture. They are not the product of a you know group of people in a in a in a in a smoke-filled room who are working out some sort of a plot. No, it's just it's just for them. It is it is uh, it, uh, what I'm speaking about is a culture that involves hundreds of thousands of people, and and they um, know what is going on and what they're working on just as much as as most doctors um, you know know what is what is being researched today in medicine. They follow a natural path of development according to the function which they have accepted as being members of this organization. That's right. And, 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 and by the way, I want to say that, that, you know, it is quite possible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my money on it, but it's quite possible that, that the whole, the whole role of the KGB as such, the, the role of belonging to it in the sense, in the sense, in the sense of belonging to a military organization and ha- and having a rank in it, um, you know, such as such as colonel or general. Um, I, I I honestly don't think this is um, uh, this is necessarily of, of 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 great significance in in you know in the whole scheme of things because 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 um, again it involves people who are who are bound together by 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 an aim. Which is which is rational, which is completely unideological, um, unlike communism or or any of the any of these uh, um, any of these sort of creeds. Um, uh, they 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 want to maximize their power, and they think that the Western elites um, are working to maximize their power. And 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 that 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 this is a completely um, a fair game, uh, much more so than than the game played once between a heavily um, ideologized um, Communist Party of the Soviet Union vis-à-vis so-called free societies. You see, where 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 the ideology uh, obviously made made a nonsense of this of this power equation. Uh, now, now they they are not even you know they're not even troubled by conscience. They say, well, yes, we we are the elite. We are the new elite. It doesn't matter that each and every one of us you know got a paycheck from, from the KGB you know uh, twenty or thirty years ago. Uh, the important thing the important thing is that we we are, we are working as 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 the as the elite of Russia. And um, we, we we will we will defeat and overtake the um, the elites of the West because because we have had 50 years to develop a culture dedicated to just this kind of effort and this culture will not let us down in the long run. So you're talking about their culture is a strategic culture. It's a it's a it's a power culture. They are trying to perfect sort of the art of controlling nations. Yes. But you see, uh, the the West has has also uh, been there and done that. Mm-hmm. The, the West, whether whether you look at the the colonial past of of Britain, 
whether you look at the at, at Britain's uh, uh, game in India and Pakistan and so forth and so forth, whether whether you 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 look at 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 um, uh, some would say America's manipulation of 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 of, uh, of of people and populations and political regimes, um, the the KGB elites have have plenty of precedent. Um, which to point to and to say, well, you know, they've been doing this for for centuries, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this is just the way the game is played, and 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 we're going to play it exactly in the same way, only we will play it better. And they do play it better. And the reason why they play it better is because, as I say, you know, there is no substitute for 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 50 years of of dedication and of trying to attract the best brains and the best talents to to their cause. You know, if you if you go at a you know now you, you you won't even see it, but you know 20 years ago, if you went to a Russian bookstore in New York uh, that uh, specialized uh, in Russian books, you would see being basically thrown out because because they had they had they had outlived their purpose and nobody wanted them. But you would see you would see mountains of dictionaries. You know, every conceivable sort of dictionary was produced in the Soviet Union that that would be inconceivable in the West. You know, it would be inconceivable to produce, I don't know, a Tamil Latin dictionary, you know, or or, uh, or a Hungarian Persian dictionary. You see, yet they produced them all, and um, and uh, this tiny glimpse is, you know, it, you know, will help you measure the depth of of their achievement during 50 years. Because they had to be everywhere. They had to, they had to be in, 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 in every trouble spot in the world. They had to be where the Tamil separatists, you know, were, were being prepared. They had to be, <laughs> they had to be in, at universities where, where, where professors study Latin. They had, they had to go everywhere and, and everywhere they went. You see, it, it, it's, a, it's a kind of, um, you know, uh, Primakov, who is who is a member of this uh, um, a ruling um, um, clique or coterie or 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 junta or or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, speaks perfect Arabic. Uh, just for the sake of our listeners who don't know, Yevgeny Primakov, he was a KGB general, former head of uh, Russian uh, foreign intelligence, and he was also the Russian prime minister. Uh, in the late 1990s, and now he's the head of the Russian Chamber of Commerce, I believe. So uh, uh, go ahead. I have many friends who are um, Lebanese and who have heard him speak in 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 Lebanon, and they said you cannot uh, tell that he's not a native Arabic speaker. Hmm. Now you see, I I say to you on the air <laughs> that 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 I bet you. That there isn't a single person in the United States State Department or in the White House who speaks perfect French to say nothing of Arabic. Yeah, see? I see. Unless you know, unless it is somebody who has, uh, um, who, you know, who was born in in France and 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 for example lived lived most of his life in in the United States and somehow somehow got in there. But but that is what the West is like. I remember, I remember, uh, even 10 years ago or something, the, the, um, Islamic department at Sotheby's, at Sotheby's, uh, uh, the auction house, right, which is the leading auction house in the world, or, or one of the two, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, Islamic department did not have anybody 
who could read Arabic. You see, uh, now I realize that I'm changing gears slightly, but but that it just shows you what the level, of what the level is of this culture, of the culture which is which is which is not directed necessarily at making huge money. So the KGB culture is cultivating languages and perfection in languages for the great advantage in psychology and control that that gives them in the various languages they get control in. Well, I would say yes, but I would say I would say these are also these are also separate issues because I mean let's just call it let's just let's just call that area languages okay. and another area we will call psychology and another area we will call uh, sociology. Okay. I'm saying that they were that they were good and 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 trying to become better in all these areas in all these areas which which really. Um, which, which the Communist Party could not even, 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 even dream of, of doing. You see, I mean, re- remember those people. Remember those people like, like Gromyko and, and so forth and so forth. They didn't speak English. They, mm-hmm. they weren't, they weren't people, uh, really equipped to deal, to deal with the world. And I want to say that the American establishment, the American political establishment of today is, <laughs> is very reminiscent of that decrepit Soviet Communist Party structure. People people are are half literate. They 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 they, they make uh, ridiculous mistakes. Even in an English sentence, they speak no foreign languages. They they have no idea. And so you, you see, I mean, if you compare the level, the intellectual, if you compare Bush, President Bush, as an intellectual, with somebody like Brezhnev, you you will be very near. The mark, but you see, the people who are fighting this fight in Russia today are those who have defeated Brezhnev, and who have who have you know rolled 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 him and all his and all his Communist Party flunkies into into tins. So Vladimir Putin speaks fluent German. He has been mastering English. I understand that he speaks privately to President Bush in English. Yes, it's very interesting. I mean, it takes great intellectual determination and discipline to learn a language and to apply that in real life yes that's 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 what i mean that these that these people are you know are better i mean i'm saying this i'm saying better in in the same sense that in the same cynical sense that let's say um an ivy league university would be discussing a certain a certain bunch of applicants you know that they they will say this bunch is better than that bunch you know this because they take take into account their 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 scores, their grades, their 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 provenance, their their history, etc., etc. And they and they make the judgment. Well, I can make that judgment. I can say that the ruling elite in Russia, the KGB elite, is unfortunately for me and everybody else in the world. Unfortunately, it is uh, more clever, more dynamic, more educated, and and just you know b- better motivated. Than, than, uh, than their corresponding uh, Western equivalent. Yeah, that seems clear when we look at all the errors and blunders of the U.S. Uh, CIA, State Department, and government in the recent Middle East debacle. And we can see that clearly when we look at the way that the entire uh, economic policy of the United States seems to be moving toward a kind of inevitable breakdown. Uh, and nobody seems to be willing yes. to admit... Uh, What's going on? It's almost forbidden to speak rationally or logically or intelligently about what's happening. Yes. 
Well, all, all we need to all we need to remember is really um, all we need to remember is, is is that that at the time of the of the revolution in Iran, and this is kind of a well-known fact that everybody used to, used to be very excited about, but but it has since been forgotten. Um, that at the time of, of the revolution in Iran, there was not one CIA operative on the ground who spoke Farsi. Yes, I have read that before. Right, and 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 I submit that 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 the uh, the the vision of the of the Middle East as 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 a place where, in particular, you don't need to speak the local languages because everybody understands English. You see, mm-hmm. hasn't really changed since those days. It's 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 an appalling, ignorant, and and uh, and 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 may I say, somewhat British, that is the British colonial approach to um, uh, to to the world. But of course, at that time, you see, at that time, you know, uh, 150 years ago, uh, you know, it, it it was all right. They got away with it. They got away with it. Today, you know, when Pakistan has medium-range nuclear weapons. Uh, it is a different. It is a different matter. Mm-hmm. It is a different matter. They they have lost all this time to to pull their elites into the twenty in, into the twenty first century, and and this is the result. The result is that 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 when the West effectively loses Iran, you know there is there is nobody who even understands what uh, understands what's happening. Hmm. Well, with me is Andrei Navrazov. He's a political refugee from Russia, a cultural refugee from the United States. He is the author of The Gingerbread Race and other light classics, just joking there. And we will be back after these messages. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show with your host, Jeff Nyquist. I hope you'll join me in my program next week when I interview Joseph D. Douglas Jr., author of Red Cocaine and also a co-author of the book America the Vulnerable. Joe Douglas is an expert on Russian-Soviet tactics of infiltration, strategic intelligence operations using terrorism, narcotics trafficking, and organized crime. We're going to be discussing how those operations were developed during the Cold War and continue today. So please join me when I interview Joe Douglas next week on the Jeff Nyquist program. Plugging you into life. We are Live Radio 1020 WIBG. Whether it's Hurley in the morning, Henning in the afternoon, Dr. Jim Dobson in Focus on the Family. South Jersey's fastest growing Christian news talk. Now with more than a million listeners and hits at WIBG 1020. WIBG. 1020 WIBG. Or at WIBG.com. Plugging you into life. And now, once again, here's your host of the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. All right, we're back with uh, my guest, Andrei Navrazov, and we've been talking about the way in which the KGB culture in Russia that's emerged under Vladimir Putin is part of a, a many decades-old development, and they have a sort of intellectual superiority over the West, over the the way the West uh, has come to manage and become intellectually lazy. And that was one of the themes in the gingerbread race, really, that the, that the Western elite had kind of lost it intellectually over the years and that they were no longer competitive with what had emerged in the former Soviet Union. Correct. And uh, so let's go forward. Now, you'd mentioned Yevgeny Primakov's 
a command of Arabic and how he yep. uh, was able to speak Arabic like a native speaker. And uh, we all know about his, uh, hope we all know about his uh, close relationship with Saddam Hussein and his uh, uh, sort of shuttle diplomacy all over Asia, putting together this kind of trans-Asian axis. And um, now we're, the United States is getting ready to be forced out of the Middle East. And I think everybody realizes it's just a matter of time before we go. Is the KGB prepared to take over, in essence, and become the sheltering power of that uh, region of the world? I, th I think they're quite content to um, uh, see the American influence wane. They, they, they don't need to uh, sort of uh, go in there and, and, and uh, you know, put up their, their, their standard over the, over the palace. You see, mm -hmm. it's 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 not in gen in general, in general the KGB strategy of the um, of the of the of the not only of the last fifty years but 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 really from the very start uh, was always what I call um, the strategy of the of the inclined plane, which mm -hmm. is that if if the the overall plane is inclined sharply enough, then all the objects on that plane will find their way, way down by whatever tactical zigzags. You see? Mm -hmm. uh, so, that, so, that, so that what you have to work on, and this is a matter of strategy, not tactics, is to, is to always keep working to incline the plane of every region, every, every, every problem, every dilemma. So that everything falls your way then? So everything, everything slides down by and by, if you have patience to wait, everything everything uh, slides down your way. But but cranking up that 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 that, that plane, that inclined plane, you know, is 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 a huge undertaking because because you know you you really have to um, affect the conduct of um, hundreds um, you know of of, of of hundreds of millions of people. Um, but that is how they how they work, and so and so. Um, and so once the once the Americans are gone, once there is a there is a there is a power vacuum, certain certain things will will in and of themselves begin sliding in the direction of Russia. And that would include Europe as well as the Middle East too, wouldn't it? And absolutely, it includes Europe. You see, it it, it absolutely includes it includes Europe. The the, the little the little tantrums and and um, scandals that that those who who follow the the, the mass media. Um, uh, in Europe and, and in America, uh, usually catch sight of, you know, are really are really um, just um, just that they're just tantrums. They're, they're just to draw attention from the, from the from the main story. You know, something like the sighting of the of the uh, missile defense systems that that was a recent um, scandal um, and so forth. It, it is it is absolutely it is absolutely of no importance to Russia whether there is missile defense system to defend uh, Europe from, from uh, nuclear attack by non-existent missiles from, from the Arab world, um, or, or, if these, or if this defense system is, is based in, in Eastern Europe, or if it's based uh, you know, around the Kremlin. It, it doesn't matter. They have the, uh, the potential, the ability, the manpower to, to absorb the, what little negative effect such a political move, you know, will have on the minds of people. 
it's 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 not important. They're just they're just having a tantrum over it because because this is this is this is almost like good manners. This is this is how the wife with her eye, you know, on the Mercedes, you know, will 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 uh, throw a tantrum over the fact that the refrigerator is, you know, too cold. You know, it's 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 it's. <laughs> so you know, you know, it's just it's just it's just total blindness that 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 makes the mass media uh, react to these things as if as if they were what they seemed. They mm. they aren't. They aren't. It's it's just it's just it's just nonsense and rubbish. Hmm. That's interesting. And and now we you'd mentioned Victor Suvorov and Icebreaker. And that in that book, he shows that, that Stalin had a nickname for Hitler. He called him the icebreaker of the revolution. And that yes. Hitler was somebody that Stalin supported under the table because Stalin said, hey, here's a troublemaker. Here's a, here's a man who's going to mess things up so bad that I can move in and take advantage. Yes. But, but again, but again, I want to, I want to say that, um, however, however diabolical, um, and, and therefore implausible, to, to the Western ear, this kind of conduct and this kind of thinking are, uh, because to to the Western ear, anything that is that sounds diabolical is ipso facto unlikely or implausible. Like Auschwitz or something. Yes, like uh, exactly. Which of course the West the West refused to know anything about until 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 uh, much much later. Uh, so that's that 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 is a perfectly uh, reasonable example. But what I'm trying to say is that is that is that um, however diabolical this this uh, this thinking was, it was it was actually not different once again from certain uh, strategies successfully um, uh, exercised by let's say Britain in India or whatever. In other words, everybody knows uh, you know uh, you know a winged phrase like divide and conquer mm-hmm. uh, is, is 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 enough evidence uh, for that. Um, you know, it's, so, so of course Stalin was, you know, a great strategist, and um, uh, and 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 he saw in Hitler his opportunity to to make uh, a mess of Europe, a mess which he would then be able to clean up, um, and thereafter, you know, forget as it were to give Europe back to its rightful owners, which is which is what happened in half of Europe. Because Stalin miscalculated, and Hitler, in a kind of a blind and maniacal fury, um, indeed in, su- in a suicidal um, fury, um, you know, attacked him first, even though he had no means to attack him. Yes, uh, Stalin had already strategically outmaneuvered Hitler, and when Hitler realized that he was trapped, he lashed out. And, of course, Stalin only was then able to take half of Europe because of the damage done to Russia. Exactly, 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 exactly right, because, because, because his military apparatus had been constructed uh, on narrowly offensive lines and was completely unprepared for, for, for a defensive war. So, so uh, however uh, pitiful the German um, assault was, it, um, it overwhelmed uh, Stalin's troops, and, and, and uh, before long the Germans... Um, found themselves um, at Moscow, but but you see, but but the, but the thing is, it's basically the way to explain what, what, what kind of in a fanciful way, if if, if I if I may just uh, be allowed this flight of fancy, um, it is like uh, two people uh, really eyeballing each other, 
and, and one has a loaded gun, and the other one has a gun that is not loaded, and that is Hitler. Mm-hmm. Um, and ju- just as the villain of the piece, you know, the one with the loaded gun, is reading him that lecture, you know, that always villains read in, in, in James Bond movies, mm-hmm. you know, just before dispatching somebody to his, to his ancestors. Uh, just as he was reading, you know, suddenly, basically, Hitler threw this gun at his head. You see, this mm-hmm. unloaded gun. This, mm-hmm. this is what, what this villain did not expect. And, and, uh, you know, from the other villain. And, 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 and so, and so, and so, sort of Stalin was lying there bleeding, and, and it was, it was a long time before he could find his gun again, and finally, and finally shoot, um, Hitler down. You know, this, this, this is the sort of dynamic. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a ridiculous miscalculation because Stalin never expected somebody who was not prepared for war in Russia to declare war on Russia. Yes. And, 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 and of course, you know, he was right. And as Suwarov points out, um, you know, all the people, um, in the intelligence community who, uh, had been telling Stalin that Hitler was not prepared to attack, uh, later, were all promoted uh, rather than shot like everybody else because they gave Stalin accurate information. Now, now, there's a parallel to this strategy that Stalin used, and of course, people who study strategy and institutions like to use strategies that their institutions have been involved with in the past. It's, it's as you say, not a matter of conspiracy. It's so almost a matter of institutional habit. Absolutely and correct. Looking back at what Stalin did with Hitler... Can't the uh, and this might this is one of your points? Hasn't the KGB looked at the Islamic extremists and terrorists in the Middle East and said, "Hey, there's our icebreaker"? Um, absolutely, Jeff. And 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 you know, I, I I absolutely believe that. And although although here we have to look um, at America again and at the role uh, of America in 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 World War II to to understand to understand. The, the 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 workings of that of that concept, because because of course uh, Stalin knew from the very beginning that that the side which attracts the United States to itself would be the winning side, and that is to say the side that um, makes America militarize and uh, prepare for war and actually enter the war. Now. This is what happened, and and he basically um, was able to embrace um, Roosevelt and Churchill, although although Churchill, to some extent, was a less important target for him, uh, for his for his uh, for his kind of love or friendship. Um, so 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 how how did he do that? Well, basically basically you have to look you have to see that that. It needed the shakeup of Pearl Harbor to effectively drive America into the arms of Stalin. In other words, you needed you needed a major shakeup from an enemy without, uh, without sort of outside this outside this this perspective embrace. And so, is is nine eleven a similar kind of move? 
Um, I, do, I believe so. I believe so, which, 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 very, which very easily um, accounts for, for, for all the less and, and still less plausible conspiracy theories uh, circulating about it. But, but uh, um, it is quite possible that, 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 that the American government knew uh, at least as much of what was about to happen as the government of Roosevelt knew that the Japs were coming. Um, again, the diabolical, the diabolical makes Americans disbelieve, and therefore um, most people don't believe that Roosevelt had 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 known about the attack uh, before it happened. Um, and of course, people say, "Well, uh, how could they possibly? You know, two thousand people dead. Uh, how could they? How would they let have let it happen?" But 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 these things happen because because institutions. You know, and elites have have ways of 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 amortizing of of, of you know uh, decisions of 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 putting a suspension under them, or by distributing responsibility, um, you know, ma- kind of making making people uh, quiet who would otherwise be who would otherwise be troublesome or speak, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. It all happens naturally. It's it's not yeah. you know it's not it's not a again uh, necessarily the product of a of a smoke filled room. Now, we only have three or four minutes left. Right. Uh, maybe you could give us your concluding thoughts as to where this is headed now Now that uh, this war on terror has started after 9-11 and, and what really the KGB culture is attempting to do by, by being involved in, in, in this. Well, uh, even before he became president, uh, Putin made a number of speeches uh, saying that, basically telling the West, that we, Russia, we in Russia, will be your shield between between Islamic terrorism um, and and uh, and and your tranquility. And and the the point is that this this has gone on unabated. They have for 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 a couple of generations, the the KGB in Russia have been training, uh, equipping, financing, and so forth, um, all sorts of troublesome. Movements, including those in the Muslim world, we know we know that they financed Osama bin Laden uh, at least as much as the Americans did. Let's put it this way. Um, but anyway, um, this sort of direction is is going to lead basically Europe being driven closer into the into the Soviet embrace and America following suit. You see, and so fighting what is largely an imaginary enemy with largely imaginary means of, of mass destruction, etc., etc., etc. The two allies will find each other, so to speak, you know, on the Elbe. And the dominant ally will be the KGB. And the dominant ally will be the KGB, absolutely, just, just as, as Stalin was the dominant ally at uh, Yalta. Hmm. That's fascinating. Andre, how can people uh, access your writings on the Internet and elsewhere? Uh, uh, do you write for a regular site? Uh, well, yes, I, I write a regular column uh, for, for, for Chronicles, which is um, uh, usually not on these subjects, because, frankly, um, I'm taking a pause from these subjects because, because their general sense is too clear to me, and it is too obscure to almost anybody else. That I that I talk to, certainly including 
um, the editors of most of most publications. This, this is not this does not include Chronicles because Chronicles I've been writing for for 20 years and uh, um, it's uh, very much my home. But 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 I simply don't have the appetite to repeat what I wrote 15 and 20 and 25 years ago on these subjects, which is still relevant. But you know, um, in this climate, very few people want to hear it. Interesting. Well, I want to thank you for sharing it with us today on, on our Samizdat uh, radio show. And <laughs> thank I, you, Jeff. And I hope thank that you. you'll join us again in the future. Thank you, Andre, for being with us. Thank you. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show with your host, Jeff Nyquist. WIBG Proactive Local News. When you have to know. You have to know. You've come to the station that gives you local and regional news all the time. 1020 WIBG Proactive Local News. All around Atlantic City, as you look at our landscape, you see signs of investment in Atlantic City. South Jersey, Philadelphia area's only Christian station with proactive local news. It's local and regional news when you need it. 1020 WIBG Proactive Local News. Some of our features in the northern end have been eaten away. Right now, Rick. South Jersey. Philadelphia area's only Christian station with proactive local news. 1020 WIBG. We've got you covered. Covered. And now once again, here's your host of the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a pretty interesting, uh, been a pretty interesting show with Andre's insights. And I have uh, before me something written by a former managing editor of an internet newspaper. Uh, my friend Missy Kelly wrote something that I thought was interesting and I would like to share with everybody. And uh, she, she wrote this note that I got on the Internet this week. She said, though, though tens of thousands of Muslims were killed by Russians in Afghanistan and Chechnya, the U.S. remained Muslims' obsession, its principal adversary. Russia had been conducting a war in Chechnya for years, slaughtering, raping, imprisoning, and displacing Muslims. Russia slaughtered Muslims for 10 years in Afghanistan. Russia is right next door to the Muslim world. Yet bin Laden, allegedly tired of what has been done to Muslim peoples, chose to attack a country literally halfway around the globe, which has never, ever in its entire history slaughtered any Muslims, the United States. Bin Laden ignored the enemy who has been slaughtering Muslims in his backyard for two decades and instead targets a nation thousands of miles away which has never slaughtered Muslims. It's pretty interesting how things work out and how the United States has ended up in this war. And I think that we should consider what Andrei Navrazov has to say and the information that it was Moscow that trained the terrorists in the Middle East and they trained them for many decades. And it was Moscow that invented airline hijacking. In fact, a KGB general in Moscow. So I leave you with these thoughts. I am Jeff Nyquist. Thank you for listening to my program. From the Jeff Nyquist Studios on California's North Coast and from our flagship broadcast facilities at WIBG 1020, Atlantic City, suburban Philadelphia's number one news talk station, You've been listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. We invite you to join us again next week at the same time. In the meantime, please visit Jeff's website at jrnyquist.com. Again, that's jrnyquist.com. Thank you for listening.